twice. Camera action. action. For the first time in 2022, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside one of the coolest cats in Covington, Caleb Peeler. It's your boy, here in live and in person. We are very excited to bring you this week's episode. It is a special episode. We're recording just us because our wives left us to go see a concert <laughs> for the night. Yes. They're still, we're still married, but they left us. For the evening. For the evening. Yes. Right. Um, if you couldn't guess, today's episode is about the Batman. Um, I say that because you probably already saw the title of the show. <laughs> um, it's a Batastic episode. And Caleb and I are some of the biggest Bat fans you might know or might meet. Um, it's true. Although neither of us have read, you know, like every comic but caleb used to keep up with them more yeah um i know a lot of the major story arcs and have read a decent amount of the graphic novels i've seen all of the animated movies mm-hmm. um played all of the arkham series seen all of the live action movies so yeah pretty ah uh, yeah we're both we're in deep for batman we're bat stands we're bat stands so, that is our qualifications. Um, Caleb, I want to know, what did you think about The Batman? Um, yeah, it's the, it's the best Batman movie, I think. Hands down. Like, I've, I've, it's been like two weeks. I've seen it twice. Um, but, like, I can say, like pretty confidently that i think it's the best batman movie i think it's the most comic accurate batman i think it gets the spirit of batman and the spirit of gotham down like perfectly um i go on about it i think it's it was so good like i can't remember last time i saw a movie and immediately after seeing it was like i need to see this again um but here i was seeing the batman the batman that's a very different movie. <laughs> Here I was seeing the Batman on March 4th. I left theater and I was like, I can't see that again. So Megan and I were going to go see it Tuesday, um, when it's cheap. But then we were there Sunday afternoon and we're like, why don't we just go see it today instead of Tuesday? So I saw it and 48 hours later, I saw it again. I think the last movie I did that with was maybe Force Awakens. So... Of course, you and I largely share the same sentiment about the movie. Um, yes. I've only seen it once. Um, however, I do want to see it again. It's just, you know, as you grow up, it's harder to find three hours to yes. watch a movie. Um, once it's on HBO Max, I'm for sure watching it. Like, 45 days after release, so mid-April. I'm so there. Um, so excited. Um, about that, but yeah, I, I love this movie. I think it's the most comic accurate Batman that we've seen in live action. Mm-hmm. Um, and folks, if you haven't kept up with the comics or like have never seen any of the animated Batman stuff, like Batman's very much a detective. Mm-hmm. He's not really as much of like the 
scrappy, like, you know, like what, what you see in the Chris Nolan movies, like he doesn't do as much detective work in those movies. He does some, yeah, but in this is like very detective. Like, yeah, you can see him like earning world's yeah. greatest detective. Yeah. So like Batman definitely is a fighter and he's great at physical combat, but like throughout his like bat history, he has predominantly been like 60-70% detective and like 30% fighter. I mean, his comic line was called Detective Comics. That's where DC literally comes from. Yes. So, yeah, he's the world's greatest detective. Um, and we get to see that largely in this film. I think everyone was really well cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that... Like, I was even surprised by John Turturro. Um I've only seen him in more, like, comedic roles. The guy that played Carmine Falcone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting to see him as, like, this feared gangster. See, um, he was probably the only casting that was kind of, like, neutral. I think because, like, my perception of um, the Roman Carmine Falcone is, like, very much the... Um, Long Halloween, mm-hmm. who he's this more like s- serious, like old gangster, like more of a like the like Godfather. The Godfather. Yeah. So I always imagine him more as the Godfather and less of this kind of like almost like sleazy, just like guy who has worked his way up to the top, top by being the worst there is. And um, I think that's just because this was like a more modern take mm-hmm. on Carmine. Yeah. Um, along with, like, the Penguin, too. Like, usually the Penguin yes. is not affiliated with anyone else, which this yeah. was... That was interesting. And yeah. We'll, we'll get into that, kind of, once we get into the, the plot. But um, I forgot that it was... Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Which blows my mind still, because, like... Looks nothing like him. I, I like Colin Farrell. I think most of the stuff he's been in... I think he's like, he's an actor that's like, I feel like he's kind of underused sometimes. I feel like he hasn't, he hasn't had that big movie that people super recognize him. But I think like, he did one of the first movies I can think of him in is this one called In Bruges. I don't know if you've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a European like, it's about gangsters in Europe, but it has nothing very well to do with the mob at the time. Um, and he's like the main guy in it and. Um, he's he's a great job in it. And he's probably one of his younger roles. Um, I think it's Penguin was a great like because he's such a wacky character. It's super hard to make him grounded and not too like realistic. They they balanced like one thing I didn't like about Nolan movies was it was like too deep in the realism mm-hmm. sometimes. But this has a perfect balance of like it is real, it could happen, but it's also it's very much like aware this is a comic book aware these are fictional characters that they can do unhuman things like jumping the Batmobile off of a off of a truck as it's burning yeah um yeah I liked his portrayal of Penguin um one of the I wouldn't say one of the first portrayals I've seen of him not being like 
British or like high society. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the first portrayal I've seen of him not being like high society. Yes. Um, but I think of like when I think of like an imposing penguin, I think of the Arkham Penguin, mm-hmm. who very much was like He's British high society, yeah. high society. Nolan North played him great in the Arkham games. Um, kind of like a formidable foe. You have to like fight him as Bruce Wayne in the very beginning of Arkham City. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone really well cast. Zoe Kravitz was a great Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. Yes. I thought Catwoman's hard to get. I love like Batman and Selena Kyle's relationship. Yep. I think it worked super well without being too forced. I really want to talk about Jeffrey Wright. All right, let's go. As Gordon. Because I think, like, um, the only thing I've really seen of Jeffrey Wright outside of the Batman is, um, goodness, what's that about the robots? Westworld? Westworld. Yeah. Westworld, and I think he's in one of the Hunger Games movies. But I think that's, like, one of the best, like, I feel like it's, like, Gordon's not hard to get, but, like... They landed it like it's different if like when so like anyone can do like a backflip, but when a gym like a trained gymnast does one, mm-hmm. it's just so much nicer. And this is like a trained gymnast just like getting it right, flawlessly. And like, yeah, I think he plays Jim Cornwell. He's fighting against like the police force in Gotham to be like the good cop, basically. I like that he's not commissioner yet. He still kind of has to, like, he doesn't have all the power or freedom to, like, have the Batman around. Did they say he was a lieutenant yet? They might have. Okay. Um, I know he was a commissioner, which yeah. I, I appreciate that he's, like, I like that they have, like, Batman and Gordon have to build this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it was so so early in the Batman career, but not his origin. Yes. It's something we haven't seen, because, like, think about, like, Batman begins the beginning, but then Dark Knight is like several years he's been Batman. So mm-hmm. he's like perfected being Batman at that point. Um, it kind of reminds me of Arkham Origins, which I think is like of the Arkham games. It's very underrated. My favorite story in Arkham games. Yeah, I think it's great. It's a very like young Batman, but not origin. It's just like he's still figuring out Batman, but he is the Batman right now. Mm-hmm. The music was fantastic. I will say that the Batman theme was a tad overused, um, but it was good. Um, I'd say the only... It wasn't iffy casting, but it was like the iffy story arc in the movie, to me, was Alfred. Hmm. Um, And I'll get more to that when we get to the plot. And honestly, we should probably get onto the plot, because it's a... Pretty thick. It's a thick one. It's a thick plot. All right. On Halloween, Gotham City Mayor Don Mitchell Jr. is murdered by a man calling himself the Riddler. Reclusive billionaire Bruce Wayne, who has operated for two years as the vigilante Batman, investigates alongside the Gotham City Police Department. Lieutenant James Gordon. Okay, yeah, Lieutenant. Lieutenant James Gordon discovers a message that the Riddler left for Batman, but Commissioner Pete Savage berates him for allowing a vigilante to enter the crime scene and forces Batman to leave. Soon after, the Riddler kills Savage and leaves another message for Batman. So, 
I just want to talk about like within we can do this later if we mm-hmm. want to but like the atmosphere the first like scene sets is like I like knew this was going to be a great Batman movie when like Batman's riding around on the motorcycle and that Nirvana song is playing mm-hmm. and specifically the line that I knew this was going to be a great movie was when he's like in the Batcave taking out the like um what's it contacts, contacts. Mm-hmm. and he's like I have to force myself to remember each night what happened and I was like okay this is Batman this is gonna be great like that was like the tone or everything happening in that scene like the music like um Rob Pattinson's like narration and the acting in it, cinematography, it's all formed into one just perfect like I could probably watch that like little intro twenty times and it still hit. Like Yeah, I think that's the perfect like code open for a movie almost. It was so intense. Yeah. Especially like before like Gotham City Police Department got there. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see. Batman and Gordon discover that the Riddler left a thumb drive drive. (laughs) in Mitchell's car containing images of Mitchell with a woman, Annika Kolslov, at the Iceberg Lounge, a nightclub operated by the Penguin, Monster Carmine Falcone's lieutenant, which again, um, kind of weird for him. This is new. It's, like, different. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't hate it. Um, it leaves room for Penguin to be kind of his own adversary in the next one, too. Yeah. Um, I definitely think Penguin's going to be back in a sequel. Um, but, you know, future spoilers. Uh, while the Penguin pleads ignorance, Batman notices that Selina Kyle, Annika's roommate, mm-hmm. um, roommates. works at the club as a waitress. Batman follows Selina home to question Annika. But the latter disappears, so he sends Selina back to the Iceberg Lounge to search for answers. Through Selina, Batman discovers that Savage was on Falcone's payroll, as is District Attorney Gil Coulson. Selina shuts off communication when Batman presses her about her relationship with Falcone. Now... All right, let's this this is definitely jumping over a few things. So I don't remember exactly how Batman finds out that Selena Kyle and Annika are roommates. But it's not like it's not like Selena came in and was like, "Oh, that's my roommate." Like didn't he was he like spying yeah. on Selena? Mhm. I think it was because of like it was just weird the way that she, like, kind of came in and interrupted the meeting between Penguin and Batman. And, like, she was being a little sus. Yeah. Um, so he just kind of followed his bat instinct and... <laughs> his bat instinct. And uh, followed her. So the Riddler abducts Coulson, straps a timed collar bomb to his neck, and sends him to interrupt Mitchell's funeral. That's putting it lightly. Yeah. He literally, like, 
duct tapes him to a car seat, like his car seat, and makes him drive through the church. Yeah. And so I want I want to talk about something in the scene. I don't know if I was just reading things too deeply and looking for stuff, but in this scene, like Bruce is like going to the the funeral. He's stopped by someone and he's like, "Oh, like screw the city, screw these these rich people." And then he's like, "Oh, don't I know you?" And like he kind of like shrinks back when he realizes he's like, "Part of me wants to think that that's Joe Chill," which uh... I is never confirmed or denied. But I was just like. I noticed that, and I was like, I wonder if this is Jocho. Because, like, I know Jocho is the person who kills Batman's parents. Yeah. And, like, it changes, like, sometimes he knows who killed him by now. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, so, yeah, that was something I picked up on. I don't know if it's real or not, but I thought it was interesting. If it is, like, cool little, like, small detail. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, I like this funeral a lot. I liked him just kind of like driving through it. Yeah, and also like how I think it was cool to see how like awkward, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, like Bruce Wayne is with people. Like he walked through this, and like Falcone and Penguin talked to him, and it just kind of like you can tell he's not used to talking to anybody except for maybe Alfred. Alfred. And it's just, he's very, like, I kind of like that he's not the billionaire playboy in mm-hmm. this. That he's just very, like, he's a broken man, just very, like, out of it. Like, this is the guy who just, like, goes and drives around his motorcycle all day and doesn't really do anything with money, but also... Very reclusive. Extremely reclusive. Um, when Batman arrives, the Riddler calls him via Coulson's phone and threatens to detonate the bomb if Coulson cannot answer three riddles. Batman helps Coulson answer the first two, but Coulson refuses to answer the third, the name of the informant who gave the GCPD information that led to the historic drug bust ending mobster Salvatore Moroni's operation and dies. Batman and Gordon deduce that the informant may be the Penguin and track him to a drug deal. They discover that Moroni's operation transferred to Falcone. With many JC, GCPD officers involved, Selena inadvertently exposes them when she arrives to steal the money. As the Penguin flees, Selena discovers Annika's corpse in a car trunk. Batman captures the Penguin, but learns that he was not the informant. Uh, Batman and Gordon follow the Riddler's trail to the ruins of an orphanage funded by Bruce's murdered parents, Thomas and Martha Wayne, where they learn that the Riddler holds a grudge against the Wayne family. Bruce's butler and caretaker, Alfred Pennyworth, is hospitalized after opening a letter bomb addressed to Bruce. The Riddler then leaks evidence that Thomas, who was running for mayor before he was murdered, hired Falcone to kill a journalist for threatening to reveal embarrassing details about Martha's history of mental health. Bruce, who grew up believing his father was a morally upstanding citizen, confronts Alfred who confirms the allegations but maintains that Thomas only asked Falcone to threaten the journalist into silence and planned to turn himself and Falcone over to the police once he found out the journalist was murdered. Alfred believes that Falcone and Thomas... Oh, had Thomas and Martha killed to prevent this. Mm -hmm. Man, this is really uh, speeding through. Yeah, they like... So this is a long movie... 
And like, for being a three hour movie, they get a lot through without feeling too long. <coughs> but this, this, I mean, this does boil it down to like the most important details. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about the whole like Thomas Wayne being not a great guy? I, I wish that they had played more into it. Because that, I don't know if you played the Telltale Batman. Yes. But that that's like wh- kind of where that idea comes from. Mm-hmm. And there is not that resolve that, oh, he was actually good. He, yeah. I like, I wish they spent more time on this. I wish, like, there was so much going on. The only, like, real critique I have is, like, the, um, the Alfred and, like, Bruce stuff, there wasn't enough of. Yeah, I, it, there, there's like a few interactions between Alfred and Bruce, and it's like the very beginning, like Bruce kind of gets mad at Alfred, and he's like, you're not my real dad, <laughs> and then Alfred blows up, and Bruce goes to find him in the, the hospital. Blows up literally. Yeah, literally blows <laughs> up, and um, they, he, Bruce goes to visit him in the hospital, and then... Yeah, those are the only like, and, two scenes. And Bruce Bruce is like, what what what, what about my dad? What, 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 what happened there? And then he tells him, and then Bruce is essentially like, Alfred, you are my dad. But, yeah. like, I mean, um, I mean, it's not exactly like that at all, but it, it's, it's... Especially getting, like, Andy Circus, he has proved himself too many times over that he is absurdly talented. Yeah. Uh, he does Alfred great. I think I like... I love the refined gentleman Alfred, but also like the like ex-military grizzled Alfred. Which is what the TV show Pennyworth follows. Yeah. Oh, and I've seen the first couple episodes of that. It's pretty decent. Um, yeah, so that was the one thing I kind of like was meant about this movie. They glossed over that. Um, which is like, is that the focus of the movie? Like, I'm pretty sure Batman had more screen time with... Gordon than Alfred. Yeah. Which I think was fine. Um, I think that Andy Serkis did deserve more screen time. And this was already a long movie, so I don't know, like, what parts got cut. Like, definitely the movie made sense. His arc kind of made sense. But I wish that... I, I think it was the weakest arc. So what do you think about, like... I mean, this might they might mention this later in the description, but there's a part where Bruce confronts Penguin about killing. No, he th- confronts Falcone about killing, having his parents killed. Mm-hmm. And I like was your afterward about that because I I don't like the idea that Bruce's parents are killed for anything other than a random act of violence. Yeah, like I don't like if it's true. That's why I like the. I appreciate they kept it vague that his parents might not have been killed by Falcone's men. Um, but I hope it's not true because I, I love a random acts of violence, Bruce. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think that the random act makes it like, despite if. Thomas and Martha were good people or not. The random act makes it like more powerful. Yeah. Um 
because i mean even if they were like perfect citizens like knights in shining armor like and falcone hired someone to kill them like you can kind of see like how that i mean you can definitely see how that would turn into batman yeah but um like you you have a harder time seeing it if they were bad people Mm -hmm. and they got assassinated um just them being randomly mugged makes it like so that it doesn't matter what their past was mm-hmm. i think was yeah i agree what it's been a while since i played telltale batman was mentally like the mentally unstable martha wayne was that in telltale batman that sounds familiar i don't um i don't know if that was like something that they were hiding in the game that might be kind of a playful call to um like oh shoot what's it called flashpoint Mm, um and how like martha becomes joker in flashpoint Hmm. um but I, i i don't know that's just me speculating they've not confirmed like what they took inspiration from i mean some things were pretty obvious like they obviously took some inspiration from long halloween they took some inspiration from hush they took some inspiration probably from telltale batman um but yeah i mean it they they haven't like come out and say these things it's just like as fans we can kind of tell Mm -hmm. like where they drew inspiration from um all right let's go on with the plot we're almost through it uh selena tells batman that falcone is her father though he doesn't know it she decides to kill falcone after learning that he strangled annika because mitchell told her that falcone was the informant batman and gordon arrive at the iceberg lounge in time to stop her but the riddler kills falcone as he is arrested the riddler is unmasked as a forensic accountant edward nashton an incarcerated at arkham state hospital where he laments about failing to kill bruce he does not realize that bruce is batman whom he idolizes and looks inspiration from when targeting the corrupt nashin believes that batman was working with him but batman rejects him Mm -hmm. searching his apartment batman learns that nashin has stationed car bombs around gotham and cultivated an online following that plans to assassinate mayor-elect bella real The bombs destroy the breakwaters around Gotham and flood the city. A shelter is set up in an indoor arena where Nashton's followers attempt to kill Riel but are stopped by Batman and Selina. In the aftermath, Nashton befriends another inmate while Selina deems Gotham beyond saving and leaves. Batman aids recovery efforts and vows to inspire hope in Gotham. Yeah. Very concise description. Very concise. So... Kind of getting back to what you were talking about earlier at the funeral. So, you know, like, I think it's, like, the last, like, Riddler goon that Batman takes down. And, like, the one that gets unmasked. That's the guy from the funeral. Okay. Um, And I think that's kind of what it was foreshadowing. I don't know if it was foreshadowing, like, him being, like, a bigger deal than that. I have, I've heard that they was, like, the same person. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, like, there's just some great 
great scenes throughout all of this. I think specifically like the scene where Batman stops Selena from killing Falcone. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he's like, I don't know, it's very powerful. Like the whole idea of like taking a life and you like carry it with you. Yeah. Um, but then just also like the tragedy of like they do all to save Falcone and then he's killed. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I think neither Batman nor Gordon necessarily like obviously they didn't want him to die but they especially Batman would rather him die at not Selena's hand. Mm-hmm. So I think I think I mean it makes sense that Falcone died the way that he did and um I honestly didn't expect him to yeah it was, it was it wasn't out of left field per se but I it, it shouldn't have been as surprising as it was to me once it was revealed that he was the rat yeah so I don't know how we've gotten this far without really talking about the villain Riddler I wanted to save a special portion for him so let's uh, get into it okay yeah I you know I've always liked Riddler as a villain people goof on him like I remember before this movie came out some of my students were like, Riddler sucks, he's a dumb villain, like, he's just making rituals for people. I'm like, no, like, he's... It's a lot more complex than that. Um, I think the Arkham games do Riddler great. Yeah. Um, and also, like, there's, there's lots of arcs within Batman that are very Riddler-heavy that are really cool. Um, Telltale Batman. Telltale Batman. But also, the War of Jokes and Riddles is great. Which is what I need to read. Joker and Riddler have beef, and they basically destroy Gotham in the process. Um, Zero Year, which is one of my favorite arcs, honestly. Which, honestly, the end of this has a lot of resemblance to Zero Year. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that. that I forgot to name that. Um, yeah. Um, which I, like, I love. Zero Year is probably, like, one of my favorite, like, I feel it's not super as well known, but I love the like Batman like living in like the, almost the wild Gotham. Yeah, it's like very cool to me. And Riddler is the main villain of that. Um, yeah, Riddler, Riddler gets a lot of flack, and I mean for sure, like he can be portrayed as campy. Um, I mean, before this movie, the last time we saw him the major Batman movie was Batman Forever and he was played by Jim Carrey and he was not a threat at all. <laughs> like, um, I think that kind of taking him towards this like crazed, like, um, serial killer, like, um, Zodiac style type, um, Almost, almost like John Doe from Seven, a little bit. Yeah, I love the idea that he thinks he's like the hero. Yes, I love that he thinks he's working with Batman, and like, I think one of the cool, like, cleverest scenes was like, Batman basically thinks that he thinks he knows he's Bruce Wayne, and you can tell he's like by his body language and posture that he's like, oh no, like this guy knows. Yep. And then he's like, we almost got Bruce Wayne, like we almost got him together, and he's like, oh. 
and we meet like Batman like opens up and he's like oh screw you like I know what's going on now and I thought that was such a clever like he didn't have to say anything like like another hands down like Rob Pattinson for his acting because like, he didn't have to say anything but you know like what he's thinking what he's thinking yeah and I so the thing that this movie didn't have that I'd missed from like from other Batman movies was like direct combat with the main villain like he never touched Riddler yeah um, that. which is fine I mean they, it, it really was like a battle of wits they only have one face to face confrontation too yep um, and, and that really I guess they wanted to emphasize the wits more cause I mean Riddler really is known for his like mind games um, and riddles obviously but like I mean even and not even like he previously Batman has like gotten an altercation with all of the villains in his movies mm-hmm. um you could say he did a little bit with Penguin. I mean, there wasn't, like, much... Batman, like, roughed him up, but it wasn't, like, mm-hmm. back and forth, really. Um, the car chase was incredible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was surprisingly little screen time between Riddler and Batman. But this whole time, Rid- you felt Riddler's presence, even when he wasn't on screen. Just, like... yeah. Like, whether it was, like, his riddles, like, if you were trying to solve them yourself, or whatever, like, it was, it was, oh, it was just so well done. Yes. And, like, I've seen Paul Dano and other stuff, but he's one of those actors, like, because he's not, like, a huge, huge name, I feel like his name doesn't care a lot of weight, but also, same time, like, he is, like, absurdly talented. Like, if you've seen him in um, There Will Be Blood... It's like absurd. Like he is, he does crazy in such a, a way that's like they're crazy, but it's like realistic. Like this is actually someone having a mental breakdown, and not someone acting having a mental breakdown. You know, I think it's a very hard line to be like, no, this person like is actually having a mental breakdown, and like re- when he realizes like. He lost his freak out at the end is like it's great. Yeah, I mean we really could just go on and on about Paul Dano. Um if you haven't seen him in anything else, I mean I recommend Oh, I forgot he was in Looper. Must have been a more minor role in Looper. I don't think I knew that. Um But yeah, I mean, I, I recommend him in pretty much anything that he's been in. But especially There Will Be Blood. Like, go, go watch that movie. I, I think it... If I'm not wrong... Yeah, it's an Oscar winner. It's incredible. Yes, um, oh, man, what's, the, what's his name? Daniel Day-Lewis? Daniel Day-Lewis. He's... So, Caleb, this is the first in a series, so we can't really, we can't really, like, rank it against, 
Well, I mean, we could rank it against other Batman movies, but we haven't, like, reviewed any other Batman movies. But, for me personally, I'd give this, like, like a 9.4. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. I think it's, I think it's 9.5 for me. It's almost like, I, like, now that I've been away from it longer, when I first saw it, I was very much like, there's no, nothing wrong with it. But there is, like, there could be more with Bruce and Alfred. I think that's a kind of a, a miss. Um, but the whole is just, like, yeah. It's definitely one of those movies, like, I don't want to say that it's greater than the sum of its parts because there's no, like, bad parts in the movie. But, like... Yeah, you never feel bored yeah. in it. Everything works together so well. Yeah. It's just... It's and like, very solid. I don't know. Like, I don't know much about cinematography. I think I, I notice when they're doing more than usual. But this is a... Like, it's such like a interesting movie to look at visually. It is. Um, like, something I notice, like... Like when they're filming in rain like the lens gets like grimy and wet and like I love that just like Gotham feels grimy and wet which is how it should feel and um oh no wonder the cinematographer the cinematography was good same cinematographer as Dune and Rogue One like those are two of the most beautiful movies visually And he's worked on Mandalorian. Um, yeah, I mean, he... This guy, what's his name? Greg Frazier. Yeah. He's an incredible cinematographer. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's such a great movie to look at. Especially like, I watched a video yesterday kind of comparing how the Batman looks to like Spider-Man No Way Home. Which like, Spider-Man No Way Home in some way is a great movie. But, like, the Batman's still in the world of, like, quality, I think. Yeah, I mean... Because, um, like, a common complaint within Marvel movies is they do look kind of visually flat. They all look the same. Which is, like, part of just, like, what they're going for. I say they all look the same, but then Eternals came out. And Eternals was actually directed by an Oscar-winning director who I don't know who her cinematic Chloe Chloe no it wasn't Chloe Zhao Chloe Zhang what um, was her name I never saw Eternals so um Eternals Eternals but yeah I just I visually it was just such a like so wonderful to look at yeah each frame was just Chloe like, Zhao which is so meticulously like put together that you could tell they really cared about making this work um i appreciate like matt reeves having the opportunity to like see his vision come to fruition interesting um because i think that's rare nowadays in cinema sphere of i feel it's more more common for directors to get snubbed in their true vision of things yeah so i will say that the cinematographer of eternals just real quick has also had some decent ones, but he's done a lot of Marvel. Um, I'd say my favorite of his that I've seen 
is three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. That movie is just incredible. I've been wanting to watch that one. Um, and I want to see The King's Man, which apparently he was the cinematographer for. So, um, yeah, Matt Reeves was the director of this movie, and he, I just just give him the DCEU, honestly, like. <laughs> I love his vision for Gotham, and I'd love to see what he could do for, like, a a Green Lantern movie or a Martian Manhunter movie. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see his take on Superman, although he has gone on record saying that all the Batman movies are going to be, like, solo films. They're not going to feature any other heroes, which is fine. I mean... Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm kind of, like... I would love to see a great Justice League um, but at this point, you know, I care much more about Batman than Justice League. Same. And I would love to see a great, well-done, meticulously crafted Justice League. But I'd rather have three just, like, absurdly good Batman movies than one. And, like, if Robert Pattinson wants to do a, a Justice League movie, good for him. I don't foresee that, honestly. I don't envision him being one to do that. Because um, he's definitely not, like... He's typically not a franchise guy. No. And I don't ever see him doing... Except maybe Twilight. Because before he was big. I don't see... He doesn't do anything for money. Uh-uh. Which I kind of appreciate. Like, he... Look at his filmography. And since Twilight, he's basically only done pretty small films. Very indie. Which is, like, good for him. I think that's where he's learned a lot of his talent he has. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't think I can say enough about the Batman. All right, people, the Batman gets a solid recommend from us and probably a day one buy on Blu-ray. Um, maybe even a steelbook buy. Probably steelbook for honest, if we're being honest, um, go see it. If you don't feel comfortable going to a theater wait till it's on hbo if you don't have hbo see it somehow dang it see it somehow. but watch it on the biggest screen you possibly yes. can don't watch on your phone get your favorite snacks and sit down on whatever you want to sit like couch or chair or floor or bed or just don't fall asleep um mm-hmm. and strap in because you're in for a ride it's it's like i don't know we're both huge batman fans um but i think this is the batman movie i've always wanted yep like i'm pretty sure i told aaron like we're actually leaving the movie it was like someone took the comic books and like the arkham games batman and just kind of like made it into an actual movie and just like the feel was perfect, the tone was perfect, acting perfect. Um, I'm just like so excited for what's next. Um, the sequel. I hope they don't rush it. I hope they let Matt Reeves take as much time as he needs. Uh, I'm always, I've always been a quality over quantity guy, and that's how I am with this. If Matt Reeves is done after two, then that's what's gonna be. Yep. Um, which sucks. Like, I would love if Matt Reeves has the vision of doing, like, an HBO miniseries 
I would poop myself. I, I'd poop yourself. I don't know what I'd do. I would lose my mind. But, like, I want him to do what he, he I want him to see this vision through. Me too. Um, I don't, I really hope that Warner Brothers has seen that he can do this, he can make money, and just lets him, gives him reign to do whatever he needs to do. Precisely. And on that note, I think we are going to sign off. Thank you for tuning in to the latest and greatest Weiss Camera Action. Uh, find us on podcast services. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WeissCast. And um, we will be back very soon, I think, with more Harry Potter. Mm. Um, Erica and I have been busy and we will continue to be busy for a little bit but we'll be back we are finishing that series dang it so stay tuned